0: This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs for comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller is Guy Friday, Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsey Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller.
1: Hey, folks. Oh, hang on. Let me digest this uh, last scintilla of uh, Bavarian hard pretzel. Because there's some people out there who and I don't want to do it. They really... Has your uh, esteem ever been in that, uh, propped up on that flimsy of filo dough, that if a host came on a podcast and had a bite of food, that you would feel like he wasn't uh, giving you your due as a human? Tell me more of this esteem you speak of. <laughs> well, occasionally you'll eat and you'll get things like, "Hey." What am I? Yeah. <laughs> you think, no, it's just I was hungry. I was getting a little hypoglycemic. I had to take a bite <laughs> out of some trail mix and I didn't mean to push you out of a ledge. You're the greatest. We're all the greatest. Everybody's the greatest. Stay at home. Be safe. Save the other greatest people. So we're all great together forever.
2: <laughs> I couldn't enjoy your conversation with John Lovitz because you had a caraway seed stuck between your teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I used to love Dave Caraway on the Morning Show. The, uh, <laughs> J. Fred Mugs. What's Arch? I wonder if our Chimp's still alive. Christian, you were on with me on that show, right? Yeah, you? Had, sure. It, we the chimp. Yeah, that was so funny. Fr- I could have been defaced in a second. <laughs> it could have been. Well, there was one Mission Impossible where they were taking masks off, like you know, coffee break on eyes wide shut. It was so. Weird, where every time you thought it was Tom Cruise, or every time you thought it was the guy who lived to kill Tom Cruise, he'd peel back some weird mask in an awkward CGI, and it was Tom Cruise. And then every time there's Tom Cruise, the villain would peel back the mask, and it was the guy who wanted to kill Tom Cruise. And uh, around halfway through the film, I peeled off the mask of the guy who thought he wanted to see this fucking thing <laughs> and walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> You remember that one? I, I don't usually I do. mind Mission Impossibles. No, although but... I can't follow them anymore. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, there are a lot of agile minds out there. Mine not agile enough to keep up with the plot twists and turns. Quite frankly, I watch because crews will always do something amazing. You know? Hang outside the plane. That was a wild one. That was cool. I like that. Yeah. And then he jumped from building to building and just shattered his leg. I don't know if that made the movie or not, but, uh, and then that whole, uh, you know couch thing when, oh, ask him about Katie. That was pretty amazing. Although I think that was CGI possibly.
2: Yeah. That wasn't a real couch.
1: <laughs> Spoke some fake laughing cause I was supposed to rejoin her there and I'm empty. <laughs> hey, that's my job oh, description. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, I think Lindsay's is real, but all the rest of us, we're in Trump-loyal shorter (laughs) land.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You are correct, sir.
1: All right. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with being vapid and empty, as long as you're insightful about it. So what are we doing today, Christian, on the old old podcast? Maybe that's what we should call it. I picked the Dennis Miller option up front. Uh, because I was thinking, what does O'Reilly do that he's always killing it? And I made this sad little stab at the rhythm of the O'Reilly factor. And I said, what's a word like factor? And I said actor, but Dennis Miller actor. Well, everybody knows that's a, that's a stretch. So um, I went to Dennis Miller option. And now that I look back on it, it's pretty and I feel like I'm, you know, doing punch-up for a Jack Webb show or something. So um, maybe you had to change it to "Yield Podcast with Dennis Miller. Do you think that would skyrocket us up to the ratings?
2: Yeah, I think that that's what's been missing, is having "yield" at the beginning of it. I actually think if you just call it "yield Option and then you spell <laughs> option with two N's and an E on the end, oh, I think you're really true. going to connect with the people. That
1: is so solid. Really, uh, what a languorous linguist you are here as you lay at home and just <laughs> spout strunken white wisdom. What are we going to do today?
2: Uh, in a little while, about ten minutes, we'll be joined by the Motor City Madman himself, Uncle Ted Nugent.
1: I thought they had exhumed Lee Iacocca. <laughs> <laughs> I loved,
2: I loved Phil Hartman's impression. That was basically my Chrysler. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sometimes you can just find a rhythm on that show and there's nothing else to the bit. Like Kevin would, will be famous forever for those, his Rhett Musk. Those burger. are my favorite bits. CBS. <laughs> or I can't even do it. I screwed that up. CBS. Sammy Nealon. But he had a nice, yeah, Sammy Nealon had a nice rhythm on it. I see the only comedians not on this food thing this week are me and Moliere. And I think he's a. What do you say when they're permanently indisposed? Uh, He's disposed.
2: (laughs) I did see that they added uh, Lester, not Willie Tyler, but Lester (laughs) will be there on the show. So
1: I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure I was next. Yeah. (laughs) And they call the wind pariah. (laughs) I think there was a movie made. It was one of those sci-fi channel things called, uh, I think it was after Sharknado called pariah where they would throw you into a pool of man-eating fish and they would kill you uh, by all ignoring you. You realize that their entire hard drive was to be ravenous with any piece of meat that was in front of them. They'd throw you into the pool, i.e. the pariah, and they would all turn and walk away from you like you'd snitched and uh, then you would just swim to the bottom of your own volition because you're ashamed that something that lived to eat meat, that lived to snack on flesh, had turned a false uh, cuspid to you. So the and then they had the accountability. You know, They can say, "Well, when we threw him in the pariah pit, did that kill him?" Yeah, but well, did they do it? No. No, it's lonely manslaughter. I always thought manslaughter sounded a lot worse than murder. Yeah. You know, I, shouldn't they be inverted? Yeah. Can't you go through and say, well, he ran a stop sign and didn't see it, you know, and it, he murdered somebody. Uh, but then, you know, well, God, he came down from the roof and garroted the doorman, and it was just a complete manslaughter. But uh, somehow... Somebody was gaslighting us way back. At the birth of language, language, language.
2: (laughs) That's what we should call the podcast.
1: (laughs) I'm your syntax (laughs) gatekeeper, Dennis Miller. (laughs) Miller, and welcome to this week's edition of the birth of language, language,
3: language.
1: (laughs) I was watching a... uh, Have you you seen the absolutely like insanely funny slash saddening that humanity has finally petered out footage of the drones in New Jersey flying over like parking lots at beach areas and chastising people. Or Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I have have seen that. (laughs) They've outfitted them with cameras. So there's a kid in a a toggle who's taking like an hour and a half off from Pornhub each day and toggling up a drone to fly over this lot where there's five guys together, you know, betting the numbers still. And the drone flies over and disperse, disperse. (laughs) You are, I heard one say, I'm not kidding you. This is not the end of the world. Uh, And I don't mean for the reasons they say it's the end of the world, but I heard a drone say, you are not immune to this virus. I mean, is that fucked up?
2: It sounds like more Jim Morrison poetry.
1: Oh, my (laughs) God. There's only four ways to get unraveled. One is to hassle mooks from a drone that has traveled. You know, living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It obviously can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing, sleeping, or stopped them from exercising. Perhaps it's been ongoing for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any treatments they've tried. Recently, in an effort to uh, bring an indictment against uh, San Francisco detective Harry Callahan, I submitted to a thrashing under Kezar Stadium from a sadistic janitor uh, so I could come back and say that Callahan did it to me. Maybe too real? All right. <laughs> Oddly enough, when I hike, uh, my left knee hurts, never my right knee. But then I kind of remember, I have a vague memory of stepping in a hole while running as a youth and a hyperextending my left knee. So I think the right one uh, works well, but the left one? We can rebuild it, but I don't have the 6 million. So I'm over with the cryo-freeze. Omax Health, if you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the Natural Breakthrough Pain Relief Solution cryo Freeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Best part, this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. As I said, when I apply it to my left knee when I get home from, say, a six-mile hike, uh, I can't even bring myself to go up the steps for a second, so I have a nice, cool libation, put my... um, OMAX on my cryofreeze. Have my libation. Ten minutes later, I'm going up the uh, up the steps like a nanny goat. OMAX Health is offering my listeners twenty percent off a full bottle of Cryofreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards anything site wide. So just go to OMAXHealth.com today and enter code Miller. That is omaxhealth.com. enter code MILLER, to get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. Still not sold? I can tell you pro athletes, such as PGA pro golfer Kyle Stanley, uses CryoFreeze CBD to recover both on and off the course. And go look at the product reviews. They've got a 95% five-star rating page. And they have page after page of those. Customers saying they've tried everything and Omax CryoFreeze is so good, they're now buying it for their family and friends too. Anyone from athletes to Grandma Josie can benefit from this immediate pain relief. You have pain that won't go away, you qualify for Omax CryoFreeze. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. No messy creams. No horrible fragrances like some of these other products. CryoFreeze works within 10 minutes of application, improving physical training, recovery, and performance. So go to omaxhealth.com and enter code MILLER to get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. I'm telling you, this product, the real deal. So go to omaxhealth.com, enter code MILLER to get 20% off and then 20% off anything else site-wide. And I thank you. My son's very uh, funny about my reference-laden humor. You know, if if I say something, he won't even look. He's on his phone. Simultaneously watching The Wire and on his phone, like he's, uh, you know, uh, texting Aldrich Ames secrets or something. I I don't quite know what he's on there. And he won't even look over, and I'll say something that's a little maybe uh, overripe reference wise. And he'll say, Hey, AD or BC on that one. AD <laughs> <Children. laughs> <laughs> oh. <I like> <laughs> or BC. <laughs> oh, was tough, man. He was always funny, that little boy. I remember being at the. San Francisco when he was a young guy, when guys like me could still go to San Francisco. And uh, <laughs> so when Castro go- Street was a you know, the gay neighborhood as opposed to the actual No no, we've instituted his precepts <laughs> here. <laughs> Castro District is a literacy program. Yes, right from the big cigar to the big cigar. And sometimes the cigar is just a cigar. Um but we were riding the uh, whatever uh, cable car, or the Raceroni car, that l- l- you look straight ahead and you can see the bay off in the distance and you can see uh, the prison island of Alcatraz. And uh, I said, Look, son. And we, you know, you know the great thing about that is kids couldn't believe you could hang off public transit you know, standing on the side and hang on. Yeah. that was always the coolest part of it. I don't quite know what they've got up there now, social distancing, I guess everybody gets their own car and you probably have to be strapped in <laughs> like Tom Cruise on the outside of that plane in MI5 due to litigation. You know, I don't, I, I haven't seen it in years. I don't go up to San Francisco because I quite fine I don't need the street hassle. It's one of those places where there are a lot of people with love in their hearts who want you dead if you're not as loving with them. So I stay out of the way. Plus, uh, I remember I had a bad, bad incident. It was m- much like uh, Gordy Howe's son, uh, Mark Howe. Or was it Marty? can't remember. When they still used to have the ice uh, nets in hockey games, they were on, before magnets, they were on a pole, and the pole got upended one night, and he got a like, sweeper pipe puncture wound on his buttocks that he almost croaked it from impaled himself on i had an incident like that i was driving the shit zamboni in union square once uh cleaning up the midday uh the midday expression of one person right or whatever they're calling fecal matter now um the uh i pulled the lever back and somebody had stripped it uh the guy the night before did not set it properly i pulled that throttle lever back it kept going and uh, wanged me right in the nuts. And I think Ted Nugent has a song about that, doesn't he? Isn't he coming up? Didn't he write a song? Or?
2: Yeah, he'll be he'll be with us momentarily. He's got a few songs about.
1: I think he has a song. I I I wanged my nuts with with a a fecal Zamboni throttle up in the bay, and uh, listen. It put me out of commission for a while. We'll be joined by the uh, great uh, Ted Nugent. And uh, how's the podcast doing, Lindsay? Still plummeting? Or when when do we go?
3: It's never plummeted. It's only been growing since you've been here. You know that.
1: Oh, you mean it was here as an entity before me? And I just sort of... uh, It was like when it came in, it was the size of your hands. But now that it's a year and a half later, it's like triple. Still... uh, Still, sub molecule, Jesus. So it's like a human hand now. Uh, <laughs> you can hold
2: it now. Well, if you remember, we, we used to be somewhere else before we came over to Westwood One, so I think she's talking about the growth. I was on
1: podcast one for a while with uh, but yeah, the sure. enemy. Uh, oh, no, he's Adam's over there, and Norm was nice, to yeah. That's um. True. What, uh, what news stories are out there? What's happening? I, I heard that uh, now they've added 30 days or something in New Jersey, I heard. Uh, they ought to just have a drone ad- administer that thing. Have a drone come out <laughs> to the podium and just low hover. Hello. Nice to be <laughs> down near sea level. I think a drone should be governor because that's all they are in the background to me now. It's like uh, Charlie Brown's parents ate a Quaalude. I just hear. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> Lindsay blowing snooter, stay six feet away. Lindsay blowing sputum while she chuckles, stay six <laughs> feet away. Just throwing this together for uh, uh, Shaq's Deaf Street Rhyme Jam or whatever it's called. Just throwing little songs and tidbits together and um ted nugent will be joining us around four days it seems
2: (laughs) well let me ask you would you like to hear some praise or a movie recommendation movie recommendation all right so voicemail number one todd from right after the
1: praise
2: (laughs) (laughs) voicemail number two eduardo from virginia
3: I know I'm a few episodes behind, but I've been busy washing my hands. You mentioned Ryan Philippe. Anyway, I don't know much about his other work, but I bought a movie called The Way of the Gun, starring Ryan and Benicio del Toro, merely for the first three minutes. I consider it the finest opening scene in cinematic history. Give it a tumble.
1: I will, that sounds intriguing, but uh, more intriguing. This will show you where our immigration system's at, that a cat named Eduardo can get all the way to Virginia. <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> joke. We're okay. I think, are you still covered under the obvious joke? Uh, yeah, I think so. The jokes of uh, the Concordat of Worms. <laughs> 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 when they used to get together the change rules, You know, now it's called the owner's meeting in uh, Scottsdale, but... Back, back, there was a day when the owners would all meet up at something. The, the church owners at the Concordat of Worms. I always thought, Jesus, how do you RSVP that? Um, you are invited. It was like the Herb Allen of its day. Everybody'd fly in the Sun Valley, and uh, you know this. Uh, how do you find this uh, social distancing, Christian? I consider this to be the Renaissance of standoffishness, and i it's leading exemplar how are you finding it you you actually like people right
2: yeah i mean i don't i don't love people except for my family so uh it, for the most part it's
1: okay <laughs> I didn't, hey you don't have to tell me <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh you know i think uh i think i'm enjoying it. you know i took the uh the wife and kids we went to, we went to a drive-in there's a drive-in out in uh, pomona
1: california and uh so listen, that's going to come back to bite you when the kids talk about you guys getting it on in the front seat.
2: No, they were sleeping. I heard them going,
1: <laughs> you know, and they're trying to watch Frozen and you guys are just complete like freakazoid up there. Both of you, songs tops, just complete snog fest up in the front. Dad. <laughs> Dad, that massive <laughs> ice lobe moved be, behind your right breastplate. <laughs> nah, you don't make that in front of the kids at drive-ins, do you? No, 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 no. They stayed awake the whole time, so. My son and I uh one, one, once went to a drive-in out, uh, let's see, we live in Santa Barbara and we had the driver on, is there a place called Santa Maria? I think it might be there. We drove up to see a Pirates of the Caribbean. And I said, let's get there early. I always like the feeling of getting into drive-in early. We get our prime slot. And uh, by the way, I think the speaker that I picked up, the knob on the speaker might have been patient one for coronavirus. And this was like 20 years ago. <laughs> so the whole way up I do, uh, you know, I'm driving crazy with the uh, white man, come, go. And he said, I wish I hadn't come. And I go, hmm. Bad papoose. we wish not come white man come. So by the time we got there, he just jumped out of the car, and I said, "Look, we used to play catch up here at the drive-in. We were at, and there's a swing set, just like the old days." And then we realized that we had left a little early. It was still like noon, you know. And we're sitting there, and then the snack bar finally opens. Imagine that beating the snack bar guy to the (laughs) drive-in. How sad is that? And it was blazing hot. I just remember, you know, the sun was beating on my head. I said, let's get some fun drive-in food. Um, so now it's around, I guess the drive-in probably starts at 8.45, 9 o'clock, and now we're probably at 6.45. That's how early I got there. <laughs> we go in, and the, uh, I, I go, we're going to get some food. And the guy says, well, well give me an hour. I, I got to make it. You know, you think those hot dogs <laughs> just roll there the whole time? And, uh, <laughs> you know, they hit some cloaking mechanism on the, the actual Frankfurter itself, so it continues to roll, but it doesn't receive heat and just stays like Ripley have a suspended animation on the voyage back from the planet. But no, the hot dogs take a while. So he puts them on. We come back around 40 minutes later like Mooks, and uh, we get nachos, hot dogs, everything, juji uh, fruits. We get back to the car. It's now around 7.15. So we got another hour and a half. It's still bright light out. I mean, it could not be brighter. It's like we're at Los Alamos witnessing the fat man and little boy test. Get back to the car. We eat it. And uh, now I'm bloated. And I've got Juju bee, And I, I'm going to tilt the seat back, have a little cat nap, wake me up. He falls asleep, too. We wake up, it's still light out, and we've been asleep for an hour. (laughs) There are people outside the windows looking at us like wondering if we, you know, carbon dioxide ourselves or something. I can see they're actually (laughs) fearful. (laughs) We we wake up, I go, we got to get out of here. We're the freaks, and the movie's not going to start for another 30 minutes. I'm sick of this. Yeah, let's go home. We pulled out just as it was getting dark. That's my last drive-in story. Then the whole way home, I said, uh, uh, "White men misjudged on him." And
2: uh, <laughs> is that uh, still the best Pirates of the Caribbean movie you ever saw?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, by <probably>. Well, <laughs> I think at that point uh, Johnny Depp was wearing a, a Calder mobile hanging out of his right earlobe. <laughs> was, his his studied uh, disaff- disaffection began to. Work on me, you know. It was like the uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc coming in to get tousled uh, three days out from a friend's shoot, so he looked, uh you know, insouciantly disheveled. I began to see that with Johnny Depp. Where he'd walk in and I'd say, "Jesus Christ, uh, is that what is hanging from his right ear? That looks like something they put the restroom key on at a bad gas station." You know, he'd be wearing those on his ear. Hey, can I pee? Yeah, here's the key. Bring it back. By the way, (laughs) remember when you used to pick those up and use them? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No. Are you kidding me? Literally, you'll be in line at a restaurant and you'll think, what are my options here? I'll pee myself right here. Yep. Yep. And your your khaki slacks go to a, you know, a nice moss green. Well, and I, Yeah, give me a burrito. We'll try tip burrito. Yes, sir. Are you peeing? Yeah, I'm not going in that room. And uh, you, you, you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the, uh, the one hitch in my plan to go to the uh, drive-in over the weekend was that uh, I was uh, banned from uh, using the restroom at any point. So uh, we had to stay in the car. So uh, fortunately, we didn't have to go, but uh, I had a a Gatorade bottle on the ready, just in case.
1: Yeah, you have to. And uh, I would say that, uh, let me see, I'm thinking you must have had a uh, uh, court jug for your kid, Felix, and uh, you were on one of those uh, skinny girl cans.
2: Well... We did uh, swing by Sonic beforehand, because that's another place where you don't have to get out of the car. So uh, we were in the car for about six hours.
1: No, you can just pull up and Biden comes out on skates. Yeah. I've got some goodbye. I'm on Hannity Wednesdays.
3: Joining us yeah, is just...
1: musician Ted Nugent, <laughs> his website TedNugent.com. Been a while, Teddy. How are you?
0: Well, happy springtime to you, Dennis Miller. Long time no see.
1: Happy springtime, my friend. How's your axe work, baby? Do you still play daily?
0: Every day. How can I help myself? My fingers, I'm telling you, I love this music more in 2020 than I did when I was a horny teenager back in Detroit. So I'm a lucky, lucky guy, you know.
1: Why hasn't anybody ever crafted, I know Jimmy Page has the double guitar, and I've seen unique guitars, I remember ZZ Top. Why hasn't somebody ever crafted one where it's literally an axe? Don't you think that would be a, a saleable item? Could you not put that in the Ted Nugent store, the axe handle axe?
0: God knows I could knock down some sequoias with my Gibson Birdland. You know, uh, uh, Rick Nielsen, a cheap trick, he's got a five-neck guitar. And on the cover of my Weekend Warriors album, they, uh, the artist turned my Birdland. It's a Gibson hollow-body Birdland. They turned it into a machine gun with brass flying. So the concept is alive and well, but I don't think it's really doable. I'm not saying that, on my 60th birthday, I had a bunch of guys come from around the country for a hunting party that I have every year on my birthday, and he actually put together a Gibson Les Paul Jr. that is beautifully morphed into an AR-15, and both of them are functional and at my birthday at the campfire I was able to whip out some licks and touch off some rounds. So so we're way ahead of you there, Miller.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought certainly this has been done somewhere along the way and you beat me to it. You know, I watched recently I have to say, uh, and when you have a great musician on, I sometimes get waylaid with Ted, but I always, then you forget and you think, geez, I should talk a little uh, music with a cat. I watched The Last Waltz recently, and that cavorted me right into the new documentary Once Were Brothers. And uh, I'd like your, your feelings on uh, the band and Robbie Robertson as a guitarist, because my mind was blown. I had forgotten how good it all was.
0: Well, yeah, you're you're right. They're certainly world-class virtuosos, and they meld it as a musical unit, as the perfect example of what a band uh, should collaborate and create in an uninhibited fashion. Of course, I'm the son of James Brown and the famous Flames. I mean, the, the music that I was weaned on, the work ethic that they put into it, I'm sure Robbie and the band... You can tell by the tightness and the emotion of their music that they are, first of all, inspired by the founding fathers, the black artists from Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, and ultimately electrified by Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis when they unleashed that fury. Mm -hmm. It was just unprecedented, scared the living hell out of my dad, um, which was very inspiring to me. But what those guys represented was that musical work ethic where we we got into it strictly for the music it was it was it, it. Tugged at our heartstrings, at our soul. It was uncharted territory in how we could express ourselves, and that band did it in, a, in, a, in an eloquent fashion, in a very emotional fashion. Very, I think, even though they were almost folky in some of their compositional arrangements, um, they really were blues based. So there was a grunt and a grind, and a, and a, and again, I hearken back to the the black founding fathers. There was a Howlin' Wolf and a Muddy Waters and a and a and a and a, and a, and a James Brown in their music, and I bet you if you were able to talk to them, they would probably reference those influences, which all my favorite music was influenced by.
1: Well, they bring Muddy out at the last waltz, and he jams with them, and that wasn't... The- there you
0: have it. See, I didn't know that, but that, that pretty much sums up my my presumption, I think, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then he and Clapton have a little back and forth, you know, where they're talking at each chirping at each other a little, see who can go, and you know, the Clapton is so amazingly mellifluous and smooth, but when he throws it back to Robbie, believe me, there's no drop-off, man. I'm thinking, wow, I had forgotten how cool this all was. Imagine going into that Zoom meeting. What do you see on that screen when you look at yourself? Zoom meetings are not exactly lit incredibly. <laughs> You're on with coworkers and clients. They all look great till you notice that you don't because you have those bags under your eyes and deep wrinkles. Let me tell you, these cameras catch everything. Now imagine they're gone. Ow. No risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags all in the comfort of your own home. Plexiderm is the solution for Zoom meeting eyes, a new malady on the planet. I know I tried it and I look like me just 10 years younger. I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be great on Zoom meetings or FaceTiming with friends. They'll sure be surprised when they see you again this summer. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, and lasts for hours so nobody will know that you're using it unless, of course, you choose to tell them. But hold your cards closely on a Zoom meeting. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code Miller for half off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. That's half off plus An extra $10 off. Or call 800-685-1292 and mention code Miller. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit tryplexiderm.com. Use code Miller. That's code Miller at tryplexiderm.com. And I thank you. And we're talking to Ted Nugent, and you can follow Ted on his website, tednugent.com. But one of the, when I wish I was a musician is when my friend Jules Holland will talk about the piano to me, and I'll try to follow along, but I don't have the the chops or the the understanding. And I always look at Keith Richards, and I read his book, and he said his guitar life at least changed when he went to, I guess it's called Open Tuning G, and I I thought, geez, I I wish, what, what is that, the deletion of a string, Ted, or do you... Well, can you fill me in a little on the great Keith Richards?
0: Well, when you when you have a your normal tuning where your six strings are, are from the high end down the E B G D A and E, um, that doesn't form a chord until you put your fingers somewhere. Right. Now, the the Beatles did hit those open strings as kind of a dissonant yay on the opening of Hard Day Night. So any sound can be manipulated into a musical statement. So nothing is sacred, and I think uh, Yusef Latif and John Coltrane proved that. And I think I have on occasion, and certainly Jimi Hendrix and some of the noise masters, because every delivery of your you're it's out of body really dennis you you, if you think you're not going to play meaningful music it's got to just it's got to lurch out of you on its own because you have a vision and a dream and and an idea Mm -hmm. and you present it musically but when you tune to open when you hit all those strings open it is a and that is typically applied in a slide guitar because the slide is just a single digit against the string. So it's got to already be a chord. And I've done that on a bunch of songs, uh, Love Grenade and a song called Still Raising Hell, where I don't use a slide, the the metal slide or the glass slide that all these uh, slide masters have perfected. And certainly Keith is the god of that. Um, but I use my 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 right-hand ring finger as a slide, and I built up so many calluses on that finger over the years from doing that. Um, even the cat scratch fever is a, is a line. Am, bam, bam, bam. Well, that's just my left hand ring finger on those open strings wow. without bumping into strings that won't complete the chord. So open G gives you a lot of un- uncharted territory to go to
1: because every time you smack the strings, it's a chord. Wow, what a cool explanation! I, I listen. I know we share an admiration. I remember one of the hottest days of my youth being at Three Rivers Stadium. Humble pie. They kick it off with, I don't need no doctor, and he just careens into it. I was such a Steve Marriott fan. I think we share that, right? I
0: don't need no doctor. I don't need. Yeah, what a, what a monster, gifted, virtuoso that son of a <laughs> was. Huh. Good grief! If you close your eyes, there were no Caucasians in the neighborhood. This guy <laughs> had so much soul. Very inspiring, really a classic guy. I spoke with Mitch Ryder. Of Mitch Ryder, oh. Detroit. We had dinner with him here recently. You're and I, me. You know, Oh man,
1: you got to tell him what a fan I am. Jeez. Oh,
0: I'm telling you, Dennis. I get to hang with these guys, and it, it I kind of sponge as much of their. As I can whenever I'm around them. So if I have anything worthwhile, it's because of the guys I hang with.
1: Wow, they have that one break in. The, let's see, double with the blue dress, but they do socket to me, and then he breaks in the good golly, Miss Molly. He just brings the uh... hallelujah,
0: <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I just did the Sammy Hagar rock and roll road trips on uh, Access TV, and according to Sammy, yesterday it was the highest rated ever. And we whipped out guitars in my living room, and I just broke into Jenny, take a ride. The and it was just a Firestorm, and then I talked to Johnny Benadjic, the drummer on that record, yesterday. So I really have a feat in tomorrow and yesterday. I have both feet running uh, rampant in uh, the history and the future. And uh, what a lucky, lucky guy, huh? Yeah.
1: Well, Teddy, when I watch musicians, I sometimes honest to God wonder. And I I know this is not a problem you've had because I think you live the straight arrow life. But uh, sometimes when I watch guys who have such access to uh a a way to just tune out and lose themselves. I'll watch Clapton once in a while, and I'll just think, well, oh, God, look how he gets lost. And I think, how do they need the drugs at some point? I, you know, I, I, I don't quite understand it. It seems like what they do for a living can get you to the point that some people without a talent take drugs to achieve. It's a— it's an- Well,
0: boy you— you got the right guy on the phone here. I, I really can't explain that because I know these guys. I, I'm 72 years clean and sober this year, but I was right there in the vortex of the most just heartbreaking suicide, substance abuse. I hung out with John Belushi and Jimi Hendrix and Bob Scott and Keith Moon, and they all wanted me to smoke their dope and snort their Coke. And, and I'm going, no, 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 forget it. The mute Dennis. You know how much you love the music, and, and it does take you away, doesn't it? It gets you high. Oh, yeah. Even if you're absolutely straight, it, it will stimulate you. You cannot, well, maybe you can't imagine you've been around long enough and you hung out with these people, and some that I mentioned. The, the music is so possessing mm-hmm. that it's it's almost impossible to escape because you plunge into it with everything you have because you have this musical dream. You, you, you think back to your musical influences and the fire from Chuck Berry and Bo and I want to do this. I know Clapton does, and I know everybody Mm. does. Well, I, I'm a hunter. I'm an archer. I'm a marksman. I'm a farmer. I'm a rancher. I, i so successfully escaped and stop and think of my music stop and think what it might be to play Wang Dang Sweet Boon Dang every night. It literally owns you. And these guys were Desperate to get it out of your damn head, how do I get away from this stuff and drugs and alcohol that somehow became known as a party? Well, that, that's not a party because mm-hmm. you're losing your mind. You're not you're not communicating better with the people around you. You're not in, enjoying the environment more when you get stoned mm-hmm. and drugs. No, you're enjoying less. You don't even remember it.
1: I think you ought to call Keith and ask him for all his. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 well, the-
0: um, no, they, no, they, just call Keith and ask him for those <laughs>
1: strings that he takes off if he's at five strings and use them on your compound bow. So auction one Dennis, of those off, was, baby, for the troops. Dennis,
0: hey. I, I, I went to Studio 54 <laughs> for a few nights in 1977 with Keith Richards. Boy, could I tell you some story, because I'm just completely straight and, and, and packing heat, and he is completely completely out of his mind. And I so adore the guy. I just want, I didn't want to come off like a goofy fan, but I was a goofy fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can tell you some stories oh. of the stumbling, the drooling and the puking. And, and I'm trying to help these guys. And I felt like a babysitter, but he's such a wonderful guy that I just, I, he's an anomaly. He's, he's, But he's uh, smoked. You know, When you you can smoke meat in the last three years, and you can brine it. He's brined and smoked. I mean, he defies all science. I love the guy.
1: He's a well-leavened walk, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ted, when uh, when I read his book, it's so funny that he's an outlier and always been a a bit of a bandito. But he traces it back to he was in a choral group in the sixth grade, and they were supposed to take five people on the road, and then there's some budget cutback. And uh, he, they take four, and they leave him at home when he was psyched up for this coral thing. He was a straight, straight laced kid, oh my. and he said, "I was so pissed off at the powers that be." I remember, in my own kid language, he said, "Whatever that was." I remember thinking, "I'm never trusting authority again." So, isn't that an interesting point of departure for a life lived outside the grid to a large degree?
0: Yes, indeed. Well, I, uh, I echo that defiant battle cry of uh, being suspicious. 2020,
1: Dennis, huh? Well, I don't know. You know what? I, like I said, I want, I'm so sick of talking Corona and politics and all that. I just thought, man, I got a world-class musician on. So there are just days I take off, man, because I'm fried about the whole thing. You know what I
0: mean? I, well, I we did it. Man, talking about Keith Richards and the origins of the musical influence, you did it, Miller. Nice job. I'm proud to take that trip
1: with you. <laughs> well, to finally have somebody explain to me what uh, the, the Open G meant and for me to be able to follow it to the degree that the layman had, <laughs> that's a score for me. Hey, tell me about about your new band.
0: Well, it, it, my band, uh, again, yeah, I I go to sleep with my face hurts from smiling and laughing so much. I'm I'm so Honored and humbled to have the caliber of musicians. All these years later, starting in 1957, 58, Detroit with these just killer musicians. All through my career, the Amboy Dukes and the Damn Yankees and every Nugent outfit. Right now, I got a 23-year-old drummer from Detroit, Jason Heartless, which is just an absolute animal. Just 23 years old, Dennis, and Greg Smith on bass guitar. These guys could be the Funk Brothers in Motown, mm. or they could play in, uh, you know, or... Buddy Rich's band, I, I, I'm I just so moved by the caliber of musicians that are at my side.
1: Every well, night. listen, if you, uh, if you care for them like I can hear in your voice, you don't want them on the road with Buddy, because, uh, you know, that gets a little heated. <laughs> yeah, right. But the Funk <laughs> Brothers, I don't know if you've seen the documentary. You must have seen it, Ted, where Smokey and Barry talk about Motown. It's like two hours of bliss.
0: Yes. Well, those are the heroes of all the, all the music you love, Miller. I promise you that everybody listening right now, every song no matter what genre, what style of music you like, uh, there is no meaningful emotional impacting music that, is, that has existed since the 60s that wasn't influenced by the Funk Brothers to some degree, or probably even performed by the Funk Brothers, for God's sake. We're talking maybe a billion records that they performed on. But, Dennis, I was 13. I won the Battle of the Bands in Detroit with my (laughs) band, the Lourdes. Our prize was to open up for the Supremes and the Motown Orchestra, including the Mighty Funk Brothers in October of 63. Oh, you're kidding me? Kidding, oh, my really? God, if I'm if I'm worth spit, it's because I was downwind of the Funk Brothers and I just sponged all their aura oh, and all wow. their piss and vinegar. God, what a moment.
1: Uh, what a raison d'etre for a young uh, blues rocker out of the Motown era. You must have been uh, unbelievably over the moon, Teddy. That what a groove that sounds like.
0: Yeah, my feet never touched the ground. I, I could I could hardly remember what song I was supposed to play because I was, I was trying to just snort their essence, you know what I mean? And now,
1: Ted, I have to congratulate you for 13-year-old. That's a pretty hip name for a band, the Lords. Usually you hear kids saying, oh, we're called the uh, the Rubik's Cube or something, but the Lords. <laughs> I, could tell, I could tell you put a little thought into that because that is a groovy name. I'd go see a band called the Lords today, my friend.
0: Yeah, well, that was John Brake. That was the mighty John Brake and Pete Prim on bass and, and Tom Noel on drums and John Finley, God rest his soul, on rhythm guitar. These guys were so tuned into music. I was like uh, this goofball. I was the youngest guy in the band, but I had a Fender uh, duo sonic guitar and a, and a magnetone amp, and I could play Chuck Berry stuff pretty darn good for a kid. And uh, that's why we won the Battle of the Bands, because of the musicianship in Detroit, which is epitomized by everything Motown, and certainly Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels and that unbelievable unit. But we were so influenced by the tightness and the musical authority of our heroes. That the the I don't think the world really understands the work ethic, and you identified Robbie and the uh, the band, it's the work ethic that the the killer musicians that delivered the soundtrack to our lives, the the hours and days and weeks and and nonstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Marathon rehearsals Because when we hit the stage We wanted it to be a stone cold Musical sucker punch (laughs) So that's the
1: most important thing About the musicians I got goosebumps And if you need a succinct bass line To riff off of Who better than a cat named Pete Prim That is beautiful, man (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Earl Elliot wore a, wore black silk gloves. He was with Mitch Ryder. He was Billy Lee in the Rivieras before they changed his name, but uh Earl Elliott played a Rickenbacker a, 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 a Rickenbacker bass through a, an Ampa B fifteen and he wore black silk gloves with Dum 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 just Pile drive, man. I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: <laughs> like slapping it. Uh, we're talking to Ted Nugent. If you want to follow Ted, his website is tednugent.com. I've had a blast talking music with him. Come along if you care. Do, 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 Come along if you dare. Do, 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 The great Dukes. The Amboy Dukes. And uh, we've been sharing some time with the great Teddy Nugent. Ted, we'll talk at you down the road, brother. Good to hear your voice.
0: Godspeed, Dennis. Live it up.
1: All right, my man. Bye-bye. Thank you. I just love listening to musicians who, like I said, I never understand how you have anything left over to get, I guess, the world's your oyster. It's just it seems like a lot of people are allergic to oysters. Uh, but, but, man, if you could get jazz <laughs> like that, do you imagine have any time walking out of the studio where you think, well, I want to get myself in a semi-coma state here? I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to be simplistic about drug abuse, but... Uh, I don't know, when you see some of the geniuses, I mean, Clapton was so far gone, and you think, my God, couldn't you just say, uh, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to pick this up and play. <laughs> I mean, how long have those notes been around before you gathered up those, those sticks? What are they called where you play that stick game on the ground? You're not allowed to move the other stick. All those notes are laying there, and you just pick them up and go, <laughs> that always blows my mind. The guys can pull that together. <laughs> You're on the Nancy Reagan show. I'm her slide kick. <laughs> the Nuge. Anything but. Is there a, a new a, a man named the Nuge who's less of an? Is, is there a word Nudge or is it Nudge? I think for the sake of this
2: conversation, we should change it to Nudge.
1: But, but what is it? Isn't there something when somebody's like tries too hard or makes bus bugs you go and
2: Nudge? Yeah. It's called uh, John Lovett's or a nudge.
1: <laughs> John's beautiful man. John Lovett still holds the record from shortest time in my house to taking a number two. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's its own talent. So
2: before he got to the restroom, he
1: started. <laughs> huh? It's just, uh, it all happens in the space of 18 seconds three knocks, a number two. Comes out, he's number one. And uh, hey, Dennis. So, the last time he stayed over at our place, my wife literally built a uh, huge Annapurna-sized pile of toilet paper in his bathroom. <laughs> you know, like almost like uh, Ralph Crandon's closet when he's looking for his bowling ball and everything <laughs> falls out. Sure. Opened the door, we had must have had a hundred rolls of toilet paper stacked though. And he didn't even say anything.
2: That's my favorite Tony Orlando and Dawn song: "Knock three times, <laughs> if you want to take a deuce right away."
1: <laughs> what else we got, Christian? You said, did I hear something about praise around two hours ago? Yeah, I can circle back around. Listen, nobody, nobody works the kudo crow's nest like me. Earlier, previously, over praise. Dead ahead! <laughs> or no, what were we calling it earlier? Oh, sorry. The Birth uh, Ye
2: Old Podcasting.
1: Language! <laughs> oh, yeah, that one too.
2: <laughs> so I misidentified Eduardo from Virginia earlier. That was Todd from Missouri. This is Eduardo from Virginia, voicemail number two. And yes, he has praise.
3: Great series of podcasts over the past couple of months, guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, Dennis, it was really uh, reassuring to see you. On Fox News again. Not a big Sean Hannity, Sean Vanity, I guess I should say. Uh, Not a big fan of his, but uh, it was very gracious of him to have you on. I probably misjudged him. Maybe I'll give him a a break. Anyway, I liked your bit about Biden and uh, the the cup slash N95 mask. That was hilarious. However, I needed to alert you to the fact that your pangolin purveyor, Mr. Lee, has survived. (laughs) They gave him an injection of an experimental traditional Chinese medicinal cure. Bear bile, pangolin scales, and uh, apparently it cures the Wu-Tang virus. He was looking like a a spry Warner Oland or or, uh, Artemis Gordon in a Fu Manchu mustache on his website, and he's holding a a stack of cash that should be yours, sir. He's stolen your intellectual property, and uh, I think you should do something about it. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys.
0: I love that.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful uh, texturing there. Although it was not Werner Holland, it was Sidney Tolar. Sidney Tolar um, no. was the other. Well, now I hate that call. Man who played Chan. And, their, uh, and the son was Key Luke, of course. The Key Luke man theory. where Of course. They never let Key Luke be in a cabinet meeting where everybody in case got blown <laughs> up and they, they couldn't get hold of Kiefer. They would always have Key Luke come in and take over the country. The Key man theory. <laughs> No, I think, the, where, where do I know the phrase keyman theory from? I think it's from Andromeda Strain. And I think uh, he explains it. It's called the keyman, that at one point, uh, somebody has to have the second key. So I think that might be the subtext of, God, do I miss Michael Craig, huh? How mm, much good stuff we'd have right now? You know, uh, can you imagine him picking up this? uh, I guarantee you, he would have beaten this plague to the bestseller list by around two years. Because that's uh, Michael was in the ether, man. Uh, He 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 uh, stood astride the overview. Really, the the biggest genius I've met. I'm trying to think who else have I met that I think really was a genius that blew me away. Well, I met a few, but they're in a, you know, I thought Bowie was a genius, but, um, you know, obviously, just a flat-out big brain, I'd I'd have to say the biggest brain I ever met was uh, Michael Crichton, so God rest his soul, man, and I'm telling you, if there is a way to come back, and I'm not saying he's into the Houdini stuff, I'm just saying as a guy who could be scribbling up there at his desk in heaven one day and open up a portal where you can come back, it doesn't exist. If he hasn't done it, I guarantee you. He could have written an entertaining book about him. God, I love this stuff. What else are we going to do today, Christian? Any news stories? I'm on Hannity Wednesday. And um, I watched the beginning of uh, Da Vinci Code the other night. He had some sort of... uh, something where, you you know, a money belt on his thigh that he kept tightening and it had the Christ thorns on it. and I thought, Jesus, I'm not even to the credits yet and this guy's opening up his uh, inner thigh. And, you know, Christian, I don't have many stipulations, right? Uh, yeah. But I've told you from the time we were kids, hardscrabble kids on the Lower East Side, running with Hunts Hall and Leo Gorsey that I don't <laughs> yeah. mind much in a film, but I don't like films that explain expose Paul Bettany's bloody inner thigh in the first three minutes. You got to live by something, folks. You got to have a code. It's hard to disagree with that. Ethan had a code in the searches. I have my code. Yeah. Never fall too deeply into a film where Paul Bettany exposes his inner thigh, (laughs) has a thorn, crown of thorns. Now you get the gist, I think. All right. You good? All right. Well,
2: I, I just wanted to uh, add one thought was because you were talking about someone beating the coronavirus to the bestseller list. And five years ago, Ben Mesrick had a book called Q that was about a coronavirus that escaped China and ended up in the United States. And uh, basically, you know, a little bit of more of a dark version of what we're doing right now. So keep uh, was ahead of the curve on that.
1: You're kidding me. Mesrick, the kid who counts cards.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the accidental billionaires and the Bitcoin billionaires that Ben Mesrick, he did this book in 2015.
1: Oh, man, can we talk to him about it? Or
2: I would love to talk to him about it. I will. Has he contracted it? <laughs> well, he started it. He gets a cut of everybody who has
1: it. Is there not something genius about the person wearing the mask and they've got a hole in it because it was hard to breathe? Have you seen <laughs> that footage? <laughs> yeah. I, I, did that bother you about the person? I heard people immediately disparaging them and saying, so stupid. No. And I Look, thought, stupid I- or genius? I told you before I went to Sonic over the weekend,
2: I had to have a hole for my straw. I mean, how else was I going to drink the thing?
1: <laughs> I had a nightmare last night that I was traveling on a plane with an n95 mask on cabin decompressed, other mask fell down. I put it down and died from lack of oxygen uh, you know because um, it was it, it was so hard to get a draw on it. you know it was like one of those uh, one paper you know tiny urethra joints that somebody used to pass you and you <laughs> <laughs> all right folks we've, uh, we've we've laughed we've cried we've shared and i'm gonna move on my day now i'm on hannity sometime in the past and future <laughs> and uh, give it a watch if you master time travel and go back in the past what could you simultaneously let me ask you this rod taylor takes his time machine or george powell's on sure. his own puts it inside David Cronenberg slash Jeff Goldblum's thing and moves um, through time and space, through time, but not in space, and comes out in the... I told you we should have ended the show a few minutes ago. I, I begged you. You did. I begged you and to we're bring the it hammer all in. down. And you I let know. me go off on that stroll... And now, here's the big payoff. They're coming to take me away! (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha!
0: Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.